up, family? This is Paul from Culture vs. Church. Uh, this show is about talking about culture in the church, around the church, outside the church, and that how it affects you, me, and the ministry, and how we can expand the kingdom, learning from all that. Uh, today, I have um, a wonderful guest. Um, actually, I met her at my seminary um, for our class. I met her just for like a week. And I think I talked to her for like five minutes, but then again, uh, and then, uh, but we had an online class, so I got to see her posts and I got to see her forums and I thought she was a really interesting and awesome person. So I wanted her on my show. So I'm going to let her introduce herself and then we're going to go from there. So introduce yourself and yeah, just go ahead. Thanks, Paul. Uh, my name is Liz Murphy. Uh, like Paul said, I'm a seminary student at Claremont School of Theology um, working toward a Master of Divinity, interested in ministry, and I'm a Unitarian Universalist. So I'm on the ordination path uh, with that denomination. Uh, I just want to thank you again, Paul, for having me. Uh, for, for those listeners that don't know what a, you know, a Unitarian Universalist is, we're going to get to it. I wasn't that familiar with it, actually, before I got to seminary, interesting enough. I thought I knew all the denominations because I'm a pastor's kid. I'm supposed to know everything, but I don't. So I had to look that up, and it was awesome. So before we start, I'm going to ask you to identify yourself um, by your pronoun, right? I think that's how sure. I, I think that's how they do it. Um, so, yeah, why don't you do that? Yeah, so... I go by Liz. Uh, my pronouns are she, her, hers, and I identify as queer. Okay. So, so yeah. So, she, she identifies as queer. And this is, because this is a cultural versus church, I intentionally brought her on because I wanted to find out more about um, her faith and her story, uh, especially connected to her sexual identity. And also, maybe she could talk about the whatever knowledge she knows about how the LGBTQ community also, um, you know, connects with the faith um, or doesn't connect with the faith and the struggles and the blessings that they have with people, with the in- institution of church, um, with just everything that comes. Because um, obviously in the church community today, um, LGBTQ is a huge topic, not just for the church, for the country, right? Um, and we just, actually for the country, it's a little bit, it's, it's, it's still, um, it's not as new, but for the church, I think we're slowly getting there somehow, right? Identifying that, um, that, 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 that is also a group cultural group that needs love like every other group right we're not trying to segregate any group but for some reason there's something about the lgbtq that makes it different than other groups right so i wanted to find more about that but i wanted to first know about liz's story and how she grew up and yeah so let's talk about that and maybe if you can talk about how your sexual identity played in when you're growing up and in the church life that you that you continued on and so, yeah, let's go from there. So go on. Yeah. So I grew up in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, uh, Western PA, and I grew up Roman Catholic. First of all, do you like the Steelers? A uh, huge fan. Oh, I'm a Dallas huge. fan. So, oh, so we'll man. talk about that later. But go ahead. <laughs> um, I'm excited for the upcoming season. But uh, yeah, so um, we lived on Steelers and God, really. So, uh, Roman Catholic family, went to Catholic school as a kid. Um, one of four. Uh, my mom's one of eight. My dad's one of four. So, big old Irish, Italian, Catholic family. Um, and my upbringing was pretty charmed, I think. You know, I we always had enough. Um, we had a good community at church and at school. Um, and just a big, tight-knit family. Um, I think, uh, once I got a little bit older, uh, we moved to a neighborhood a little bit further outside the city, um, and it, uh, sort of reared its head in terms of Western Pennsylvania known as sort of a pretty 
conservative part of the country. Um, and so I moved to a neighborhood that was like vastly white um, and very um, privileged in a lot of ways. So that was pretty different from my upbringing where I was at a racially diverse Catholic school that also had um, faith diversity as well. You know, I went to school with Muslim kids and Jewish kids and um, so that was just the norm for me. So once I got to high school, I, um, you know, I started to realize that some of the Catholic doctrine and some of the things I was learning in church didn't really make sense to me. Um, you know, I, it, it, it filled um, parts of me, but it didn't connect with my brain, really. Um, maybe parts of my gut, I was like, okay, this is feeling my spirit a little bit, but um, there were just some things that just didn't seem right to me something are you talking about like the institution of the catholic church or uh, more like doctrine yeah so a little bit of both i mean i'm um i'm sure we'll get to it i'm, I'm not big on doctrine and i'm not big on loyalty to institution i'm i'm loyal to the people i love and you know the faith that i have and the people around me but um I don't know that I necessarily feel loyal to institutions. Um, but in high school, I started to sort of question my sexuality a little bit. And when I was 17 or 18, I sort of came out to myself. So I identify um, as a cisgender woman. So I uh, was born uh, into a body that folks consider female. And so I identify as a woman and as a gay woman. Um, so... Once I got to college, I... Um, Sorry, what does cisgender mean? Cisgender, yeah. So, you know, transgender. Right. Um, so, cisgender means you identify with the gender you were assigned at birth. So, um, when I was born, they said, congratulations, you have a little girl. And I identify as a woman. Um, so, folks who are transgender um, identify with a gender other than what they were assigned at birth or, um, yeah, along that spectrum. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Um, so in college, I, um, came out to my parents, uh, and I was 19. Um, it was my, uh, Christmas break actually. So Merry Christmas, mom and dad, I'm gay. <laughs> um, and that went okay. Uh, not so great. Um, I think my parents were just scared more than anything. Um, like even in that big old family, like we didn't really have any close gay friends or family members. Like that just wasn't in our social circle at all. They had nothing, they had no one to look to as like a gay person in the world who they could identify with. Was your parents like uh, heavily involved in the church or? Not really. I mean, you know, this is a parish school where my mom went as a kid. And so we are deeply connected to it. But I honestly think I am a lot more interested in faith and church than they are. But it's really a strong cultural connection. Well, you went to youth group and stuff? Uh, well, th yeah, through Catholic school, mm -hmm. pretty much. Yeah, we were, um, yeah. So, um so, yeah, they weren't as connected to it as I was, really, um, which is interesting. And their, their concerns with me coming out weren't necessarily faith-based, although I'm sure that played into a little bit. Um, so initially, they were just upset um, and were like, maybe it's a phase, don't, you know, go... They were basically like, don't go telling everyone because what if it's just a phase? The typical response that you hear like in the news or whatever, uh, you know, it's just a phase. So, um, and, you know, they said some other things that were very hurtful to me at the time. But um, shortly after that, I was going back up to school and my dad was driving me back, just the two of us, for two and a half hours. Um and so, you know, we were talking about it a little bit more, and he said, you know, I'm still not sure what to make of all of this, but I know that I love you, and I know that, you know, in these last 48 hours, you've taught me more than I've probably learned in my whole life. And those, that, those words are what I hold on to, of like, you know, people just 
when they don't have people who are different from them in their lives, they don't know how to react to things. And then once they, you know, come across it and it's right in their face and it's someone they love dearly, they have to deal with that in, in some way. And I think more times than not, people um, prove that they can transcend what they thought about certain things. Um, so at this point, my parents and I have a wonderful relationship. Um, they were huge supporters and huge parts of my wedding this last summer to my wife, Hillary. Um, and that's just been such a blessing, and I'm so grateful, and I know that I'm very privileged to have such strong family support. Right, because um, not everybody has their family support, right? Not everybody um, gets to have those type of relationship with the parents, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, absolutely. You know, I have friends that, um, you know, their relationships are either really strained, they don't talk very much, or they're mostly non-existent, which, you know, is really painful. I, I couldn't imagine what that would be like um, to just not have my parents in my life anymore. And I'm lucky, too, my three younger siblings have from the get-go, been totally supportive and embracing of me and, and now of Hillary as well. So you talked about how, like, you, you spent time with your dad mm -hmm. and then how um, he, you know, started to understand. What about your mom in the beginning? Was, was, like, your mom later on or understanding or? Yeah, so she initially just went silent. She didn't know what to say. Uh, I came out to her in, while she was driving, which looking back was probably not the best option. Yeah, I don't know if you want to bust that kind of news when somebody's driving. Yeah. It's like, oh, <laughs> and then they might get a little shocked, but okay, all right. She she stayed the course. She yeah. didn't, you know, she was all right. But uh, so we got back home and she was doing laundry. So I think she just like needed to do something. And so I just went and sat by her while she was doing laundry and she just was crying and um just saying, I, I don't want your life to be hard. Um, and I think she probably had no reference of a queer person who was happy and successful and um, had a good relationship with family and a, a network. So I think um, after that, she still struggled with, you know, they were like, we don't know if you should have kids and we don't know if that's right. And, um, so those were some of the things that really were painful to me, but I was also like, well, guys, I'm 19 years old. I, I don't know about kids just yet. Um, so I think they've grown so much since then. Um, I mean, they're already asking when the grandkids are coming. Uh, I haven't been married for a year yet. So, um, so yeah, I think, uh, she was a little more internal about it, but her concern was more about just, her expectations of what my life were going to be just were totally gone in an instant and not totally gone. They just shifted slightly. Um, and I think that was tough for her, uh, especially as the oldest child, the first daughter. Um, so yeah. What about you? Like, uh, surrounding friends? Yeah. So I was a freshman in college when I started to come out to socially before my my parents, and they were accepting and wonderful right off the bat. Um, Did you have anybody um, that wasn't? Yeah, so actually, my first girlfriend, um, we had sort of some housing that was uh, sort of affinity groups, so she lived in sort of the, like, faith-based uh, floor in one of these dorms, um, and so there were there folks of all different faith traditions there, some that had a more conservative theology than others. And so, you know, I would hang out over there because she was my girlfriend. Um, and, you know, there were some people who, in the way that they were trying to be kind, just were really um, so judgmental. And that, you know, was not, doesn't make you feel good. Um, and just sort of patronizing and really um just like you know i love you but we don't think this is good for you maybe you should consider something else sort of language um but that was not that common and um largely we were totally accepted and part of the crew yeah it seems like uh that i mean that the transition um or you know, um, 
the stage that you went to is it's it was more of a blessing, right? Um, than the stories I've heard. I've heard both sides too, where you know um, people come out or even kids come out mm-hmm. and they just the parents are traumatized, mm-hmm. and especially being Asian, especially being of the minority ethnic groups. We don't see a lot of gay. We don't see a lot of people in the LGBT community that are being supported, that are uh, being loved um, by their families. Mm-hmm. You know, that's why they find love outside their group, which you know can be more accepting because they hang out right with that uh, social group. But especially with family, so it seems like your family um, were very uh, well. Not in the beginning, I guess, right? That's what we're talking about. But as you grow older um, and as you guys progressed, they also shifted their mm-hmm. minds. Which is good because if I think if they want to continue to have relationship with you and you with them, some things have to shift, mm-hmm. right? You have to understand them; they have to understand you. So uh, yeah, that's a that's a pretty good story. I thought, I mean, I didn't think I, I didn't want to like judge and be like, "Where is this gonna go?" <laughs> but you know, you hear those stories, yeah. and then sometimes it does come down to like people, you know, like the most worst scenarios, like suicide, mm-hmm. right, or like like chronic depression all throughout their life, living this life of, you know, you know, and, and of identity of who they are. So it's always good to hear the good news out of, out of what happens. So talking about that, how did you shift into what you've learned in the Roman Catholic life and into now? So maybe you should go from what is, uh, what is your faith now? And describe that a little bit. Yeah. So I am a Unitarian Universalist. Um, and I, I also did not know what that was before I stepped foot <laughs> in the UU church. Um, in college, so as I mentioned, I sort of stopped going to church altogether as a teenager. Um, and then in college, toward the end, I was just sort of in a low point. I was doing fine in school and had good friends, but just was, I think, just low and um something in the back of my head said maybe you should go back to church um and so I took a quiz on belief.net to see what I should where I should go um you know growing up Catholic I was like all I know is Catholicism um so as a good millennial I turned to Google and the quiz said that I was one part Quaker one part Unitarian Universalist so there was a UU church about 10 minutes from where I was living and I showed up one Sunday and have been going ever since. So the denomination, um, as it sounds, is the uh, coming together of two separate denominations, the Unitarians and the Universalists. So they joined together in 1961, but both of those traditions have roots back hundreds and hundreds of years. Um, And so, um, you know, Unitarians in the name, non-Trinitarian, but sort of from the larger, wider Christian tradition um, and is often associated with some of the folks of the Enlightenment. So they're sort of bringing in truth and reason with faith and how can we merge sort of our notions of God and faith with some science and um, truth seeking and that sort of thing. And the Universalists, um, also in that name, sort of as a reaction to Calvinism and predetermination, um, said, no, I don't think that's right. I think we all have the ability to uh, reach heaven and to have a strong connection to God um, and to the spirit. Um, So those two merged, and and as the denomination stands today, um, we are non-credal, so we don't have... um, sort of a hardline doctrine that you find in some other traditions. Um, we're more about deeds, not creeds. Um, we do have seven principles, which everyone agrees upon, um, the first of which is the inherent worth and dignity of every being. And that's the one that really sticks out to me because um, my I feel, you know, everyone is made in the image of God and we all have the divine spark within us. Um, and so that principle is really important to me and sort of, symbolizes everything that I hold true about faith in God. Um, So yeah, we are a very diverse uh, denomination. There are folks who come to our churches who do identify as Christian, who do identify as Jewish, um, who identify as agnostic, or some, a small percentage identify as atheist as well, but um, believe in sort of 
notions of beloved community. Um, so there's a strong humanist streak, but there are lots of folks who are theists and, and uh, are um, interested in a faith community that can hold this tension of, of difference um, and through that love one another and love their community. So that really, um, that whole piece, sort of the holy tension, I like to call it, of difference um, in this one space where we believe what we must, which is in each other, um, in the good we can do in the world, um, sort of through spirit and God, um, really attracted me to that. And I think, too, you know, my Catholic upbringing, I wanted a sharp turn from such strong sort of dogmatic doctrinal-based uh, faith communities. Right. Um, okay. I do have some questions yeah. <laughs> concerning that. I don't want to go too deep into sure. theology because this yeah. is not a theological show, and I just don't like talking about uh, the theology. I love talking about theology, but I just don't like talking about it in a very sometimes objective way at times. Mm -hmm. um, but at the same time, I just want to get something straight because so that I won't be confused. Mm -hmm. um, so it seems like everybody is looking for a truth right or some type of truth yeah um but like you said you have some jewish people there mm -hmm. um so it's not like the christian bible is their source of literature and their source of that connection with god right exactly okay. yeah so we um have seven sources which essentially says Biblical scripture is a source right. we can turn to, okay. but I I wouldn't I would hesitate to say you know we hold it in the same regard as other, some other other Christian denominations. So like in the terms of so like the Quran scripture. would be one. Yeah, and the Torah know. would be one. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. Um. So 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 it doesn't seem so it seems like everybody can bring their faith in, and with their faith, you is just just truth. Is that what you're believing in, or so? Yes. Okay. So the, one of the fourth principles is the um, seek for truth and uh, justice. And so um, I think that's probably a good way of saying it. But I also, um, I really do view it sort of as like beloved community and that is the ultimate goal. Um, and so we are congregational like other, some other traditions. And so um, that, that belief in one another through spirit um, is really central, I think. How does sermons work then? Yeah, so we don't have a lectionary. Okay. Um, actually, there are UU lectionaries that folks can follow, but it's not required like some other tradition. What does lectionary follow, though? The lectionary? Yeah. So um, people have put together a lectionary focused on the seven principles. Okay. Yeah. Um, so there's a variety, but that's one. Um, so yeah, it's more topical based. Um, so you'll find a lot more discussion of sort of things going on in the world at that time. Um, there are some congregations that do identify all as Christian, so they will read from scripture every week. Um, but others, they might read um, poetry or they might read... Um, from some other source um, and sort of preach from there. It does seem like everybody believes that there is a higher being. Is that? Mostly. Okay, mostly. Yeah, right. like I said, there are some atheists. Okay. Um, and so, or humanists. Right. So people identify differently. Um, so, not necessarily. Okay. But they are part of the community. And probably they find the community... Um, they... They like to be in the community rather than if somebody said this is like if 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 one UU uh, congregation member says I do believe in God, but for them it's more of the community that they believe in and the principles, right? Yeah, I okay. think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, so there can be differing sort right. of attractions to it, um, certainly. Right. When I asked you to do my show, and I I just want to be honest. I thought you were United Methodist <laughs> for some reason. I don't know why they came. Well, we go to UMC I know, school. right? So I thought, and I didn't know you were UU. So a lot of my questions were, I, I just wanted to know, like, if you were United Methodist, how do you combat or whatever yeah. uh, the church? But because of its UU, um, it doesn't seem like there's any, like, like is there's, there's any restrictions <clears throat> or there's any, like, is there? or? Yeah, I mean, certainly, like, 
we like to say that we're not telling anyone what to think, but I, I still think we're a moral community. Right, right. Like we, we believe in, in that certainly. Um, but I think, you know, you use have been, um, early and often affirming of queer folk. Right. Um, and so in terms of that, there's still struggle. I mean, you know, we have some trans folks in the congregation I'm currently in, and there's been, you know, th hurt feelings and people not necessarily knowing what to say or saying things that really w weren't very smart in the moment. Um, and so it's, it's certainly not perfect. But they're not, I mean, if though the, even though there is a trans community, they're not like saying, oh, you can't you do can that, right? They're not doing that. Right. It just might be language and the terms that they use or the way they talk to them and yeah they're not being shunned right 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 at all. okay yeah so then so then instead of doing that i'm just gonna go uh maybe the relationship between more of you and also the lgbt community when it comes to the christian mm -hmm. faith right because um if you know me and i am from the i i do mm -hmm. hold the christian doctrine as mm -hmm. my my life my mm -hmm. faith, mm -hmm. right? My moral compass. Yeah. And so the Bible is what I believe in. So when it comes to that point, I just want to be honest with you. Um, even though that I disagree, right? Even though that, and I think, man, like it's kind of refreshing to say this because I don't really hear a lot of Christians saying that let's disagree, but rather they go around it somehow. Like I've seen a bunch of pastors and a bunch of like, even apologists say, uh, they don't say I disagree. They'd rather say, well, you know, you know, hell and sin and all that stuff. I'd rather just say I disagree, mm -hmm. right? And then we can start a conversation there. So I think, um, you know, because because of my belief and what I think and, and my tradition and the way I've experienced God, right? Was there times or was there places where, where like, you've approached these type of community, like Christian communities, and saying, like, I'm you, you, you know, I'm queer, but at the same time, I believe in God. Have you ever had those experiences before? Yeah, and I'm having a lot of them at school, at seminary, because um, there aren't many used there. Um, I think the vast majority of folks there identify with one of the, you know, mainline right. Christian denominations, um, which hold a variety of thoughts around the LGBTQ question, as you put it. Um, so, yeah, I've certainly had... Un more uncomfortable conversations, but um, I think as a queer person of faith and a person who's interested in being a leader in a community of faith and in a denomination that cares so deeply about interfaith dialogue and conversation, um, it's my duty to have these conversations like we're having right, right. now. Um, because, you know, I, I have privileges in terms of I'm, you know, I'm doing fine in my life. I'm happily married. I have the ability to, to go and get a master's degree. Um, I should use that privilege to do whatever I can to, to um, create meaningful relationships with folks who might think differently from me. Because I think that's the only way that we move forward in a loving way. Right. Um, I think that's the only way we reduce stigma and reduce, you know, communities just wholesale shunning people. It leads to death. Like, right. truly, that is yeah, a yeah. violence. Um, so that's what's important to me. So so would you say um, do you do believe in God? Oh, yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. So the, but the God that you believe in can be defined differently to a person that's Christian. Right. Do you think? Um, sure. I think people have different relationships to God. I think, uh, you know, all rivers lead to the ocean. Um, that's sort of my thought on God. Right. Um, but, but, yeah. but you see how that can be a little bit tricky to a person that holds a Christian view, sure. right? Because if you see in the Bible, um, if, if Jesus says he's the only way, mm -hmm. right? The truth and the life, mm -hmm. nobody can come to the father. And if we believe in the same father through me, mm -hmm. right, through Jesus, you can see how that can be confusing sometimes when you talk about God and a Christian person talks about God. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So when you hear those things and people are like, wait, but if you believe in God, how can you, uh -huh. you know, um, live a life that might not to them be according to what God says? Uh -huh. Right. So, yeah, I mean, I think. Uh, no human being can stake claim to God. Mm -hmm. That's my feeling. Um, while what I'm saying maybe doesn't 
totally square with other folks' conception of God, that um, I still have every right to my belief in God and how my relationship to God and how that, um, the, however that looks and feels to me. Um, so uh, that's sort of my feeling. And I, I certainly want to extend understanding to other folk. Um, and I'm from a Christian background, so I feel I, I have some... Um, some capacity with understanding. Some say. Like. Yeah. <laughs> sure. Some say. Yeah, okay. Not good. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, I want to meet people where they're at, but I also feel that, you know, just, and this is not wanting to, you know, seem controversial or mean yeah, or anything, yeah, 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 but yeah. just no one has can has their own claim on right, God. Right, right, right. Like, right. so. Yeah, so no one can com- can claim because it's not like, unless somehow... You have these divine powers, right? Yeah. You're only interpreting what your faith is teaching you. That's mm-hmm. what you. That's what. That's what we're all doing, right? Right. In in whatever faith, if you're Jewish, I mean, you you can't know what really Moses thinks because <laughs> you weren't there, right? right? But we're we're going off of what they read in the Torah, mm-hmm. and even like Muhammad, we're going off of what is written in the Quran, mm-hmm. and us, we're going off of what is written in Jesus. Right. And but to us, I mean, but to everybody. The experiences are different, which makes it truth for them, mm-hmm. right? And then um, it's just uh, uh, just a matter of people not arguing, but defending that their truth is the truth, mm-hmm. right? So that's what we're trying to do, and that's what we're trying to learn from everybody else. Right. Um, but at the same time, because, especially in the United Methodist Church, um, I don't know how much you know about the United Methodist Church right now. Right now, we're I'm in, learning a lot. Right now, in the <laughs> process of voting mm-hmm. of the like homosexual identity mm-hmm. if people that are self like the people that are practicing the homosexual mm-hmm. life mm-hmm. can be leaders of the church or do they affirm that in the church yeah. right um there are all the denominations like the presbyterians they already split right right so what do you think about when you hear stuff like that when it comes to the church and when it comes to faith yeah, so what do you think? Yeah, about that? yeah. Um, and the UMC did vote, didn't it? They voted, or did they vote? They're voting, they, they, they have voted for a suggestion. Okay. And that suggestion needs to go to a vote. Okay. <laughs> so they came to a suggestion, and now they're going to vote on that suggestion. Okay. Next year. Okay. Um, but then that, if they vote on a suggestion, because there's three suggestions. Right. So if they vote on a suggestion, now that will be taken to whatever general conference to be finalized yeah right mm-hmm. so yeah cool yeah and my understanding is where they're at in terms of the suggestion is that you can continue t- as you're teaching and you're essentially exempt if you have a different view right so each local church can, right. can practice the way they want to right right yeah. right um yeah so you know growing up Catholic, again, going back to that, it really is a big part of my cultural identity, too. Um, I, you know, I'm used to that, used to that debate and used to not even having debate. It's not a question. It's doctrine um, that that's not okay. So um, I think that is part of what pushed me out of a place that is so concerned with that sort of doctrinal understanding and I understand that other people hold different beliefs than me on that I am a little more fluid in terms of of that but you know I my heart does break for queer Methodists and for you know youth who are growing up in UMC youth groups and who might be getting the message that there or even other denominations, right? Sure, yeah. yeah, absolutely. Like you said, um, there are plenty of other denominations that um, I think are unsafe for queer youth, and um, so um, yeah, it I it certainly pains me, um, and I, I want to do whatever I can to help folks in those situations. Um, love the the folks that are in their congregation already i think but do you think we can uh like like that word agree to disagree Mm -hmm. in the church about certain topics and still be loving to one another can we do that so i want to say yes (laughs) and i think um I want to say yes, but I I think I take a little more of a radical edge on this in that um, 
even if we agree to disagree, we're still, the disagreement is, ar- is around my humanity, around, and that's my feeling. Yeah, 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 no, you're right. Um, around my humanity to live in the way that I um, feel that I am meant to be. Right, it's the right to live, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, and so I think while that see f- from the surface can feel loving and we're part of community, there's still something there that you're not st- quite a full part of that community because right, you're still right, disagreeing right. with a huge part of me. Right. Like it's not something that you can just section off, you know, it's, it's you. Um, and if that is you, you're denying me, uh, yeah. access to that fullness. Right. Um, and that is where it gets really tough. Cause I, I want to keep having conversations like this right. and I will, but that's the part that's really difficult. I think. Yeah. So that's why I'm trying to, even though, um, I know where I stand, mm-hmm. right? I know where I stand with um, what has God created men and women to be, mm-hmm. right? What I interpret from the Bible, mm-hmm. even though where I stand on that, I'm trying to see if there is a way that we can continue to have dialogue and continue to be in be in relationship with each other while we disagree. Yeah. But but I feel it's like you. I feel at the same time there's only certain amount. There's a ceiling to that. Yeah. And if there is a ceiling to that, what do we do? Do we just accept that ceiling or do we try to break it? Because if you try to break it, then someone has to give, mm-hmm. right? So who gives? And I think at present, queer people are giving because... Okay. Uh, why, do you, why do you think that? Just looking at history, you know, folks have been pushed out. They've been, uh, you know, just like rates of suicide. I think... Um, in in that realm already queer folks are at a disadvantage um literally being a numerical minority too right um so uh i'm with you like i want to figure out how we can keep having this conversation but i agree like at a certain point speaking for myself like at a certain point i'm like who are you to tell me this? You know, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right? And uh, they can say the same thing, right? Like, right, totally. who, who are you to tell? Because I do feel, um, I do feel that um, there are Christians that just go too far sure. when it comes to explaining or why you know why the Bible says what it says. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I also do feel in the LGBT community that there are people that says, "Why can't you just accept it? Like, why?" You know, why can't you just think other ways? Like, mm-hmm. pushing that way. Sure. So, it's like, it's not hate, but at the same time, like, stop thinking that way. Mm-hmm. While you, the other side is, do think this way. Right. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, it's that battle of, like, don't think, but think. Right. And, and you're just stuck in the middle sometimes, and that's why, and I think that's why maybe people, um, like, don't find church appealing. Mm-hmm. Because we're constantly fighting over things that should not be fought about but at the same time these topics these topics happen and these topics are huge right because like if if you if you look in the christian faith alcoholism right drugs murder sin yeah but homosexuality Mm -hmm. um even though the bible some people interpret as sin you're not hurting right you're not um you're, you're not like physically damaging somebody's life or physically damaging somebody's own life but at the same time, it's still a sin what, in, in interpretation. So that battle is just constant. And being in that community, do you think as, as a Christian, um, um, how do you think that we can not resolve but continue to have this type of dialogue mm-hmm. and have community? And if we can't, what are what can we do? You know, I'm asking you this. <laughs> I wish I had a good answer. <laughs> or, or what have you found that might help? Right? Yeah. Um, I really do think that there is immense value in ha- in creating and seeking out meaningful relationships with people different from you. You know this. You do multicultural ministry. There's, I think, God exists in that. Um, that 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 difference there there's something almost magical that can come from it um and i think that's the only way sort of some of the more um hardline folks recognize that 
queer folks aren't some scary boogeyman. Um, you yeah. know, they're just people. They're your neighbor. They're your kid. They're uh, your kid's teacher. Um, they're your choir director. So um, I think that is the thing that I'm trying to focus on because I don't have the answers. And I feel like, you know, as someone who's committed to interfaith dialogue and comes from a Christian background and um, wants to be uh, a faith leader, it's my call and duty to do that. Um, And, uh, you know, I'm in a position where I'm not vulnerable to some certain things where, you know, queer youth may be vulnerable to. Um, So... I'm, yeah, I don't have the, a perfect, easy answer on that. Um, but I think for the folks who are able to continue the conversation and to make meaningful relationship, that's good. I also feel like um, I don't want to make queer folks feel like they are the ones that need to go out and do this work. Because a lot of time, I mean, I for the ones who feel like they're able to and comfortable, yes. But I know there's, you know, a lot of... Uh, pain and psychic pain and and whatnot that folks have experienced in church spaces and uh, I would never say like oh you need to go and create these meaningful relationships but I think everyone whoever is able and um, has that ability I would say that's one one option perfect I mean but uh, but are you okay or do you think the community will be okay if if the Christian community just says you know what let's just not right let's just be in our own places Mm -hmm. and then like you said the truth will rise someday who knows what will happen jesus can come i don't know who's gonna come i mean i know who's gonna come to Uh, me jesus is coming but um in what shape form we don't know Mm -hmm. i mean we could always just read the bible but you know jesus could just be like i'm gonna come today or Mm -hmm. tomorrow so do you think we can still um maybe that's a possibility like even though it sucks that we can't be in one community because of our different beliefs, we just have to be like, hey, I love you, but, you know, this is what I believe in, mm-hmm. and uh, this is how I'm going to lead my life. Right. right? Well, would you be okay with that? It doesn't feel very Christ-like, right? Well, at the same what time, well, at the same time, if we, if we, if you go back to scripture, Christ-like, yeah. right? Christ did spend time with sinners. Yeah. Christ did spend time with Pharisees. Right. But at the same time, he did say, follow me. Mm-hmm. So you have to follow his life, uh-huh. right? So, um... That's the way I interpret it, right? Okay. He's the way. He's the truth. Mm-hmm. So there is a way, right? If you look at the Bible that way, yeah. right? So if Jesus is the way, following his way, yes, I think we can continue to serve um, the sinners, continue to to serve um, the hungry and the poor and, and minority. But I think we still have to be that light where people can follow, right? Uh, a model of, I mean, if, if you see Paul, he says, don't follow I mean, don't follow the flesh in me. Follow what I do for Christ. Follow the behaviors that I do for Jesus, mm-hmm. which is which is different than the carnal side of us sometimes if we believe in what the scripture says about, I mean, even the scripture it talks about if you, if you believe in Jesus, you'll become a new creation, right? Not a creation 2.0, but a new <laughs> creation, right? So following these uh, messages from Jesus, I believe that, you know, yeah, we can spend time with sinners all day, but does that mean that we have to continually to, um, what do you call that? What do you, what do you, what do you, what do you call when you, when you, when you, um, like alcoholism, when you enable, okay. right? enable their life, okay. right? <laughs> enable their life in a way, right? So after a while, like if like a drug user, like we want to have fellowship with them and we go to their house, but they, they keep on shooting up or drinking or whatever. At, at a certain point, you have to be like, you know what? I've tried. You know I'm here. You know what I believe in. But, you know, I, I have to live my life the way God has given me to live, right? Because at the end of the day, the enemy is stronger than us. Not stronger than God, but stronger than us. And and if a lot of the times, our, our fleshly side will give up, right? Because that's who we are. We're human, right? Mm-hmm. Um, if, if, if we can win all the time, then we don't need Jesus. We don't need God, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, even though I'm big. I'm weak. <laughs> I fall I fall into traps with my son all the time. He beats me all the time, right? So yeah, so that's what I, I believe in. That's what I think. Sure. That we still can agree to disagree, mm-hmm. love each other, but at the same time, dialogue, communication, there has to be a fork 
and you just go your way. Hmm. You go your way. That doesn't mean you hate each other. Mm -hmm. I don't like it when we go our way and we blast somebody on the other side. That's what I don't like. Mm -hmm. But I don't think there's anything wrong with me going my way, me living the life that God has given me, but at the same time recognizing people are there, Mm -hmm. recognizing people that are outside of me live a certain way. Yeah. You know what I mean? Sure. I can understand that. Right, right, right. Yeah. I guess I come at it from a slightly different direction. This makes sense, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, uh, I try and think like, well, why aren't we considering those sinners church? Like, why aren't they part of church already? Like, and they are to some extent and in some communities, but like to me, like they're God, they're God. And, um, I think I, I feel called to, to be with them and, and bear witness with them. And, um, so I see where you're coming from. I totally do. Um, but I'm coming at it from a slightly different direction. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So, so talk to me about, um, what you think the church can do, right? What you think the church should be, uh, is there training that we can take more of? Because like you said, like church don't teach us stuff. Mm-hmm. They teach sin, but they don't teach what it means uh, to, to, I mean, they teach like the topic of sin. And I mean, that's a whole, I mean, we're sinners. So, I mean, you know, so, so how do you think the church can be proactive in maybe not trying to always be inclusive all the time? I mean, if they want, yeah, but maybe not trying to like be like, Hey, like, even though we believe in this, come on in anyway, right? Because, uh, but at the same time, understanding more and to serve the people mm-hmm. um, in a more loving way. What do you think the church can do? Because I don't think the church is doing a good job right now. And by church, you mean like UMC? The Christian church, not the UMC, just the Christian Protestant, right? I'm not speaking for the UMC church. Okay. I'm, I'm speaking for, um, I guess, the majority uh-huh. church faith, you know? Who are non-affirming, essentially. Yeah, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. Okay. Um, That's tough. Because I think, um, you know, what I would say is, like in my church, we have comprehensive sex ed from the time you're like six years old. And obviously that's tailored um, from six onward to 18. Um, but it's focused on, um, you know, your body is a temple and this is what consent is. And um, and uh, so I think something like that is really valuable just from like a young age learning about sex and sexuality um, as it exists because they're very likely is someone in that class or in that community that is uh, struggling with feelings or is maybe, you know, out to themselves, but not to the church community. Um, So I think there's only grace in sort of um, seeing people for who they really are. Um, So I think training classes, um, bringing in queer people of faith to talk to the congregation. Um, I think, um, leaning on folks who can speak from real direct experience is valuable. Um, again, sort of getting at the relationship aspect. Um, so I think that's all important. I also think the pulpit and what is said from there is so powerful and, um, to me, you know, not having language from the pulpit that damns people um, who might identify along the queer spectrum is so important um, because that, I think, that can do real damage and real violence to people. Um, and, you know, then it sets the tone for the congregation, too. Um, those are just some thoughts. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, but I've, what I've experienced so far in the Christian church, especially in like ethnic churches, mm-hmm. they don't talk about that at all. Um, it's non-existing. The congregation member, especially with ethnic, because I think it's a little bit, I'm just judging. <laughs> I think it's a little bit easier with white people for okay. some reason. I don't know why. Um, because, I mean, a lot of the times, like like when uh, ethnic people see white people, they're very like fun. <laughs> they're smiling. I don't know what it is, and they, they are loving in a way of their language. Where you see like ethnic or Asians, they're very stern and conservative. Like we have a lot of traditions and don't do this, don't do that, that type of attitude. So when you come from like the ethnic church that I've come from, 
when we talk about sex and talk about those things that <clears throat> behind doors, right? It's so tough that I think maybe that has also translated into the church mm-hmm. because this is why being aware of your church identity is also important. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think if we uh, have a church that do continues to have dialogue, but I'm still concerned that I do believe in, like you said, bringing queer speakers, right? Bringing mm-hmm. uh, queer pastors, mm-hmm. right? I do believe in, in um, making room making room but at the same time I do have a concern that if a church is following a vision if a church is following a doctrine if a church is saying this is the set um, standards of what Jesus is teaching me and to bring outside it can also not damage but it it can also kind of shake the foundation of Christian belief that certain groups have right um, I'm not saying they shouldn't be shaking because faith should be shaken so that way you have a stronger faith. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, if we, I don't know, like just to me, I think sometimes the media and the community is just trying to push that so hard that everybody's confused now, right? One of the things that, um, one of the things that uh, I heard from my mentor is uh, in this generation, it's not that we don't believe in anything. We believe in everything, mm-hmm. right? That's one thing I've heard. And I'm like, yeah, you're right. Because if we're going to, believe in a certain faith then do you think don't you think we should continue to be in those lines not lines but the parameter of what that faith teaches hmm. or just because culture moves should we just bring in everything and then try to fit it inside what do you think yeah i guess my question is whose culture right, right. like who gets to define culture because um there have been queer people since the dawn of time and uh to me, I don't believe in everything. I say, I think I believe, I've heard that too. Um, I believe in what I must and what I believe doesn't, can't be contained by walls or, um, by, um, parameters that others might put on it. Um, I like to live in fluidity and in the muck and in the uncomfortable. And I think there's something that can be learned from that. Um, but, you know, I can understand that there are people who don't feel that way at all. And 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 how do we right. keep conversation right. going and not hurt one another? Or can we keep conversation right. going? Right. Because it seems like it is tough. And it seems like even though we're talking like this, we can talk, talk, talk. And it's going to come to a point is like, okay, this is the line. Right. I hope that doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. But down the future, like if I see something or you see something and we're like, mm, I don't believe in that. I can't do that. Yeah. That's where the line is. Right. right? Um, and so I think a lot of the times right now, the line, unfortunately, is the LGBT issue, mm-hmm. the community in the church, mm-hmm. not in society, but in the church. But um, yeah, so so I think just just talking about this with you. Um, I don't know what it does to me right now. Seriously, I don't know because I do believe in still what I believe in. Yeah. But I'm just trying to figure out like, like I'm in the middle right now. I don't mm-hmm. know. Uh, not middle in my faith, but in middle of, I don't like, I thought coming to this today, I found like an answer of how to continue dialogue. But even like you said, like, it's tough. Like we can't, you mm-hmm. know, because mm-hmm. there's going to be a line sometimes. So I'm like back to square one. Okay. Okay. So what do we need to do? To, and also at the same time, like if you talk about the evangelical Christians, we're in the converting business as well. Right. 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 So that's also huge. Mm-hmm. So how do we how do we do that in a way that lines up with our Bible that. That we're trying to not please the culture, but at the same time, understand the culture, but also hold to our faith. Um, talk about like the the culture of your marriage if, if mm-hmm. you want if you can sure yeah so talk to me about that and actually living in koreatown because that's yeah. my hometown that's my yeah. backyard <laughs> uh have you ever seen any uh looks or you know like the yeah so because you're around my people and i know what my people <laughs> could do <laughs> uh so uh my wife hillary she's african-american i'm white um uh, so that's you know a whole barrel of fun on its own of being an interracial same-sex relationship wow interracial same-sex relationship that's a, okay <laughs> and living in kate's house yeah. oh my goodness all right <laughs> 
Um, but yeah, we're in K-Town partially because I'm going out to Claremont. She's a PhD student at UCLA, so sort of in the middle. But um, exactly where we are is super racially diverse. Um, and so uh, that's been really interesting and um it seems like it's just like a community, a bunch of families, kids, older folks, um, tight-knit people. Uh, and so we haven't experienced any any. Do you ever issues. go out to, like, to the markets or the actual Korean places? Or? Yeah, a little bit. Okay. Yeah. 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 And it's all, it's all good there? Yeah. I mean, I don't know Actually, yeah. what people think. I mean, we're not like making out in the corner. Right. Or you know, not thinking about it. I think they just think that you're just a white girl and a black girl. Right, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Right? I don't think they're making that just connection. Things yeah. Incorrectly. yeah, I don't think they're just making that connection yet. You know, yeah, I'm yeah. just, yeah, because, because, you know, again, culturally, like, they might not um, go that far right. into thinking of your relationship, right? Oh, no, yeah. And we've definitely experienced <clears throat> people making such dramatic leaps to right. things other than us being married, right. like what our relationship is. Right. Uh, like, we've been asked if we're sisters. I'm like, yo, wow. they look at us. <laughs> <laughs> So just like, you know, funny things like that. But um, being in L.A., I mean, there are all types of people here. And I think people get that. Like, you know, this is a big place with lots of different types of folk. And uh, so it's been okay. I mean, you know, I've I've experienced harassment and not great things um, in D.C. and um, in parts of Pennsylvania. You know, I... Sadly, I think that sort of comes with the territory to some extent. Um, I've never been physically harassed, thankfully, um, but, uh, you know, some not great situations that we've been in um, that are painful, but, um, yeah, we've been fine, and, and uh, I'm thankful for that because there are people who, um, you know, trans women of color are being murdered in this country at a rate that's just totally... Um, just hits you over the head and and, um so i think there's a lot of work to be done around just treating one another like human beings um and i hope i hope church can be an answer to that Hmm. yeah um yeah definitely i think church should be the answer to it because obviously our society and our culture might not be doing the best job as it should be because you know again human Right. Uh, and so so I think my last I think my last uh, thought and question for you is what do you hope for <clears throat> the the faith community? What do you hope for the faith community mm-hmm. and for the people? Um, yeah. And for the people of the faith community. Yeah. yeah. What is your biggest hope for them? I hope that um, we can see the divinity in one another, no matter how different we are and I don't say that to flatten our difference because I think our differences are what make us who we are and those are important parts of us whether that's racial ethnic uh, sexuality language um whatever that is I think that's important and uh that we not flatten but I think um church and faith communities are uniquely positioned to imagine a better world and imagine new worlds that humans have never conceived of before. And I hope that church and faith communities can sort of take up that call of let's, let's um, live into sort of our tradition and, and um, imagine this new world where we do uh, view each other in our fullness of who we are in the fullness of our humanity um, and connect in that way. Um, I think one of my missions is I think religion and faith, there is such potential there. I mean, it's always been there, right? Like um, to, to live that into the world. And so that's what excites me. And, and having conversations like this is, excites me too. And I hope, you know, we can keep it going um even though we feel both feel a little um pessimistic but <laughs> i hope we're wrong I hope yeah we're wrong. yeah definitely yeah, pessimistic <laughs> yeah <clears throat> you know that's it's it's awesome always to uh, i'm not gonna lie because my family especially my sisters and some of my friends think i'm this like religious conservative 
bad guy that like everybody's going to hell, you know, but um, because I'm just passionate about what I believe in. So are you. Right. So I'm just just trying to figure out myself. um, How can we be both passionate Mm -hmm. about different things um, and continue to not hurt one another, continue to um, live in a world where it's not perfect. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, Because I think I think one thing that Christianity um, needs to continue to work on is to live in an unperfect world. Mm -hmm. Um, They just try to make it perfect in their way. But you just go outside the door and there's a homeless person sleeping right in front of your steps. You know what I mean? What do you do with that? Or you see um, um, or or you see like people like shoot up. And even like today, you see the massacre that happens in in different states. While in the pulpit, they're talking about this heaven, this kingdom that we haven't even seen yet. Um, I think we should be addressing how we can be that here in mm-hmm. this world with the real issues that we're living in. Mm-hmm. And in order to do that, I mean, I mean, it's right in the Bible that where it says that. Stuff. I mean, they're, they're talking about real issues. Mm-hmm. If you're talking about like historical context and all this, so they're talking about what's going on in that city. You know, Jesus knew he knew that his disciples were fishermen. He knew that. It wasn't, you know, so I think uh, having these types of, we got it ongoing, whether we agree, disagree or not. I think we still have to be aware of that things happening. And that, I think that's what I'm trying to do with this show mm-hmm. is just make people aware that these things are real. Mm-hmm. And then you can fight about that later outside in the parking <laughs> lot. <laughs> I don't care what you do over there. But while we're here together, I think just in love and, mm-hmm. and continue to just be a blessing towards one another. So yeah. thank you for coming on to my show. Thank you. Amen to that. Um, and thank you. And I, I mean, I'm a little bit like disappointed because I didn't find an answer. <laughs> That's sorry, what I, I no, no, it's all good. I thought you were the key, man. I mean, you know, you have uh, your same sex. Mm-hmm and interracial living in k-town mm-hmm. i thought you were the key right there <laughs> you know <laughs> You're, but but no but but you are the key in in your mm-hmm. community and and other people that are looking uh for for hope right so just continue to live on that and thank you so much again for coming out thank you paul really right. appreciate it all right so this is paul from culture versus church check out my episode just have a good day guys peace